one of my neighbours has taken their bins out, but um, but they're wrong about what day it is. I'm the kind of person that knows when the bins are supposed to go. It's not just that, it's not just that I know when the bins go out. It's that I like to be known as the sort of person that knows when the bins go out. It's good to be back. Eurovision 2022. It's our our third season, if you will, across two episodes. We're hopefully covering the winner. Have we started? I, I thought you were just setting us up. I didn't. Really, I didn't hear you do your normal hello. I thought you were just sort of. I thought you didn't say you're Phil Smith. I'm trying to be less partridge these days, so you know it's just more conversation. It hasn't gone well. <laughs> I know that I need to concentrate, and you know when you go hello, I'm Phil Smith. And I don't think you did. I don't even think you said hello. You have done this before, Phil. Uh, over 30 times we've done this for that. <laughs> have we had over 30 episodes? Is, have we done more podcasts than they have done uh, Marvel movies at this point? What yes, they've, they've made something like 27. But have they been as consistent? <laughs> well, how many million dollars have you, have you made? <sighs> Certainly a fraction of that. Hmm. Probably ne- negative, negative that. We should we should probably get a sponsor or something. I was actually going to use this podcast as a platform to complain to M&S. Because last year they had chilli and cheese hot cross buns that were absolutely gorgeous. And they discontinued them. They don't seem to have them this year. And I was going to use this platform to make a formal sort of public plea for them to bring them back. And it's good to be back. <laughs> yeah. Hello, I'm Phil Smith and welcome to Eurovision in Isolation it's Eurovision 2022. We have got two episodes uh, covering the runners and riders this year. I would be very, very surprised if we don't have the winner somewhere in the 10 songs that we've got here. I know that seems unlikely to the four of you that have heard the songs from this first episode, but trust me, I do think the winner's in here somewhere. Uh, we've been recommissioned for the third series now. Is this is this recommissioned... You know, we've gone from kind of like BBC Three to Dave to Channel Four, or, or have we gone Channel Four to BBC Three to not even Dave, probably yesterday. YouTube. <laughs> yes, S Force, S Force C, yes, in in Welsh. They get, they get the figures up, and sometimes literally no one is watching. So, joining us today, we have the superstar himself, Alexander Smith. Oh, hello. The superhero. Minnie Meyer. Hi, Phil. The super sub, Harry Graham. Hey, Phil. And the super strength, nasal decongestant, Simon Rickman. Hi, Phil. Uh, Eurovision 2022. We're going to be in Turin. First time Italy has hosted the Eurovision since, I want to say, 1991. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what sort of show they put on. I think it'd be a good one. Let's start this season as we mean to go on with the main topic of conversation. Song number one comes from the Kalish Orchestra of Ukraine. And this is Stefania.
a lot of these videos were sponsored by an oil company or a petrol company. There's Moroccan oil. Yeah. Their hair products. What? <laughs> how, how does, of all of us, how does Phil know that? Uh, probably because Phil watches the most Eurovision content. Yeah, he's Phil, Phil Smith or Phil one. Smith Haircare. He's he in the game. He is an industry insider, yeah. Oh, do you think Phil Smith, Be Gorgeous, would sponsor us? It's worth an email. Hi, Phil Smith. I'm Phil Smith. We just we just send them the link to that episode that's got thousands and thousands of views. And they'll be like, well, you know. I was listening to old ones and as they're like, we we really don't deviate from the Eurovision topic for most of this. As they're like, uh, whereas I thought that, like, I mean, you know. Mini just edited it out. I think we yeah, did. Mini just cut it out. Two hours and we released forty minutes. So <laughs> they, they were much tighter. Like there's one of the one of the early episodes is thirty two minutes long. Um, yeah. <laughs> just like uh, aspirations of when we start the podcast, it'll, it'll be a tight half an hour. Are we, are we recording? <laughs> so that was uh, Stephania by Kalush Orchestra. Stephania is not actually in reference to uh, last year's Greek entry, Stephania. It is to uh, one of their mothers, whose name, I assume, is Stephania. It wasn't originally selected to represent Ukraine this year. Uh, the original uh, winner of Vidbir was Alina Pash with her song Shadows of Forgotten Ancestors. Um, but uh, as has happened previously, after the event, it was discovered that Alina had previously uh, travelled to Crimea post-annexation um, and was therefore disqualified. But this time around, rather than uh, no Ukrainian entry, Kalish Orchestra, the runners-up, did agree to step in. Um, they did actually win the televote quite comfortably. They won 49.63% at the televote. And it is a ethno-rap flute number I think is probably the best way to describe it. Um, there's there's definitely some dodgy break dancing circa 1990 and some face tattoos and some outfits that would seem out of place on a runway I think. But despite all of this it is the current bookie's favourite and you can kind of see why definitely from a political perspective there is uh, a lot of goodwill towards Ukraine at the moment, uh, but it's certainly a song that will stand out. I think it's catchy enough and different enough from the rest of the crowd this year to do well, whether it would do particularly well without the ongoing geopolitical situation. I don't know, but there we are. Uh, Simon, what did you make of Kalish Orchestra's effort? Yeah, as you say, Phil, the hip-hop flute number that seamlessly mixes the traditional with the modern, only somewhat let down by JK appearing in a funky, furry, pink bucket hat. I think it builds well on what Ukraine did at last year's Eurovision, picking up the sort of folky vibe and running with it. Yeah, I, I really like this one, more, uh, more so than last year's one, actually, and I think this will be similarly well rewarded. Uh, Harry, what did you make of this one? Um, well, yeah, I, I think, again, it does give that Jamiroquai vibe. Um, there were a lot of flutes. There's that didgeridoo stab that goes through the verses. Um, the hat is something that JK would never wear. <laughs> I, think, I think it's unfair of you, Simon, to suggest that JK would wear that. Even JK wouldn't wear a bright pink bucket hat. But um, 
1993 Jamiroquai really, but not as good. That's it. I, 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 it made no impression. It bounced off the surface. Alex. I think in addition to Jamiroquai, there's also, uh, you, you may have missed, there is Pitbull dressed as the Dalai Lama makes an appearance as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's laced with um, legends of music, I think, Jamiroquai and Pitbull. Um, yeah, I, I think it's pretty good. I don't, it's not my favourite of, of that kind of genre that I've seen at Eurovision. I, I don't actually think the rapping is especially good either. I don't, I'm, I'm not, it's not the best rap contribution that we've seen at Eurovision either. Uh, Mini. Um, as well as the JK and Pitbull comparisons, I wrote down Borshti Boys. <laughs> uh, Yoki Papai vibes a bit. Ooh. There's Yoki Papai vibes. There is some vibes, yeah. Uh, Yoki Papai had a, a subpar rap as well in, in his thing, so maybe it's in more ways than one. Ukraine in the membrane. <laughs> Let's go with uh, do's and nils. For those of you that are new to the podcast this year, hello, welcome. Nice for you to join us. There's 29 odd episodes to go back and listen to. Uh, we award our personal top song of the episode, a do's point, and our least favourite song of the episode, a nil point. Uh, so I open the floor. Would anyone like to give this song their do's point? I would, Phil. Uh, I'd like to get out my Irlanda Dusmar. We were talking about the political angle and stuff like that. I think that is, there, there might be a bit of that this year, but I'm not so sure it's political as such as more that, you know, vocal performances win jury votes, but narrative wins audience votes. And there is no better narrative this year than this song, I think. Uh, and for that reason, I think you'd be a very brave person to bet against Ukraine winning this year's Eurovision. If Ukraine doesn't win Eurovision this year, I'll cook you all a roast dinner. Okay. And that that is that is you voo all listeners. So uh, feel free to email in and <laughs> redeem your free people. roast. I did agree with Simon. You'd have to be a fool to bet against Ukraine this year, but I, I will be that fool. If Ukraine wins, I will cook you all a maybe not a roast, maybe a steak or something. But I I will cook for you all if uh, if Ukraine win. Is that is that all the listeners as well? Yeah, all all the listeners that want to come to Welling Garden City, they're welcome. Uh, shall we move on to song number two? Song number two comes from Austria, and this is Lumix featuring Pia Maria and Halo. Computer sound, reporter mode, and. <laughs> And this is Alex Smith. Thank you, Phil. Um, now I know why you've given me this one. I think you feel like this is Alex's kind of thing, you know, uh, synthy pop song, which is very much Alex's bag. And ordinarily, you'd be right. Unfortunately, I think when I was listening to this, I was like, this sounds like that song. What's that song? Oh, yeah, like a dozen Eurovision songs every year. And I think that's where this will probably end up letting itself down and it may not even qualify. Um, 
if it does qualify, it'll be right hand side because I just don't think it's as a sort of, you know, dancey, dancey synth pop song. I don't think it's lyrically or melodically interesting enough. And it doesn't have, you know, a sort of significant drop or, or whatever where you kind of go, oh, yeah, OK, that's hit its stride now. It's just it's just the same halo over and over again. It's interesting you mentioned Stefania in Greece earlier because this actually, in terms of the the tempo and and what it sounds like, it reminded me a little bit of Greece's song last year. However, at times it also reminded me a little bit of Technicolors and Australia last year and how. Actually, it gets a bit irritating and grating. And I say irritating and grating, uh, and they 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 sock you in the mouth with that pretty early on with the line, "Philosopher like Socrates make you think on your feet." <laughs> wow, that is that is lyrics. Phil gladly also sent us a live performance from uh, uh, what was it called? Israel Calling or Israel Israel Calling? Yep. Uh, she she can't sing live. This this she is an awful singer live. You know the emoji where the teeth are showing, and you know, it's a sort of yikes <laughs> emoji. <laughs> the Austrian broadcaster actually sent out a press release blaming COVID and in-ear microphones for that Israel calling performance from Pia Maria. But it still doesn't really fill you with confidence, does it? She's she's an 18-year-old girl, bless her. Um, I don't know when she would have got the experience to perform on a live stage, uh, especially in front of 12, 15,000 people. But um, yes, I don't really feel like she's gonna do very well personally um the excuses remind me of the the gemini had technical issues uh, excuses for, from yeah. 2003 yes that is another another reference point gemini absolutely um harry what did you make of austria it was disappointing um i think that the kind of song it is as alex said you know it, it it's sort of inoffensive it's the kind of thing i could could get behind but i just thought the lyrics were so dumb i mean the video i was wondering if they were trying to call the the bridgerton vote because i have no idea how that relates to the song and it's not reflected in the live performance either which was pretty stale looking as well as rubbish sounding i don't think this is as bad as you guys are sort of circling around i think if with a good live performance not like that israel thing i think this is this will be just fine. It will get out the semi-final. Um, it's upbeat. It's it's kind of interesting. It's current. I, I I can see this in a sort of mid-table kind of vibe, maybe a little higher. It reminded me of of Ben Dolick's 2020 violent yeah. thing, but I think it's it's reminded everyone of every song ever. So um, maybe that's not unique or interesting. I I will I will chip in and help to defend Austria here. On studio versions, no live consideration, this is my second favourite song of the year. I really bop along to this one. I do understand that, and even before I saw the Israel Calling performance, did have my concerns about whether that could be replicated live. 
but as a song and as a studio song and and it must be said that lumix is a reasonably successful dance music dj um apparently he is the most streamed artist of all the artists at eurovision this year so um he's he's got the most following the most success of anyone at eurovision this year so yeah i i i like the song i do um i think time will tell as to how that does on stage do's point well i don't have a do's to give and simon already given his so i'm suspecting not uh nil pois then yeah it's, it's nil from me um nil point nil interest nil n nothing and you know I take Simon's point. It's not Lumix's fault. He's fine, but I just think it, the 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 lyrics are so bad that it really sounds the whole thing. Okay, Mini. Yeah, it's a nil from me. Halo, is it a key you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I can't believe I can't believe that's got two nils. Because oh, to use an Alexism, the absolute toilet that is coming up. I'm I'm amazed that there's there's a nil two nils out already. I listened to the playlist this this week and I thought the nil will be unanimous this week. Unanimous. <laughs> we've never managed a unanimous either nil or do's, have we? No, we've had a few few threes. Yeah, we've had a few triples. Threes. We move on to song number three and the first of our soppy 2022 ballads of the year. This one comes from the hosts, Italy, uh, and don't call it a comeback, but Mahmood is back, this time with Blanco, and this is Brividi. <laughs> Harry, talk us through this one. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for um, allocating me this track, this performance. Um, when I was trying to decipher the song with the help of my Google Home, it um, it's now transformed into an Italian device, and I have no idea how to turn it back. <laughs> um, so, so thanks so much. Brividi means shivers or chills. I think that comes across in the subtitles. I think it's a fine entry. It, it follows in that grand tradition of love songs about two awful people who need to stay the hell away from one another. Um, evidently, Mahmoud and Blanco have had a tumultuous time of it in their very short writing partnership. Um, and this song feels like the inevitable reckoning with their fundamental incompatibility. So there is a sense of history in the words and there's a catharsis to it where they're singing and admitting their need to escape from each other, despite, I guess, a sexual attraction. Uh, and this is really skillfully put across, despite the fact that Blanco was born in 2003 and hasn't had time to, to have any life experiences. Um, I was really impressed with Mamoud's singing and he has a very distinctive voice. I was less so with Blanco, despite his attire. I, I do love that he starts off wearing a cape. I uh, was thinking he might start to kill some younglings partway through the song, but he shed it for a mesh shirt way too soon. Uh, and I didn't think that his voice particularly worked in this song in isolation. That said, 
combining their voices, that falsetto against the orchestra is a surprising and, and, and pretty pleasing combination. Um, and the fact that they wrote it and sung it is quite an impressive overall package. So, so you know, they hug at the end. You know it's going to be OK. Um, I thought it was a serious grown-up song. I think it's a quality entry. Can I just say uh, I, I need to applaud Harry for his excellent vocabulary there. Um, I was going to say we can't we can't have super subs coming on and showing up the regular panelists with you called it a, you, you called it a very grown up song and then you come on and you deliver some very grown up proper analysis it just shows up yeah well, you know that us sort of part timers just happy to be we're well, not part time the full timers that are just happy to be here and then the super sub scabs that come in are showing us up I mean you know God I look for, look forward to Dan like audibly booing in the background <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah thanks to Dan for giving up his space. For me today excellent work simon follow that so i was never the biggest fan of mahmoud's 2019 entry soldi uh, and it's interesting to hear that this like this song explores a completely different part of his range soldi is quite sort of deep whereas this is as harry says uh, falsetto in places i don't love the song but i don't think i'll be skipping it on the playlist either it certainly gave me some of the the old Yoki Papai vibes, and I think it's a pretty good effort from the hosts. Um, but overall, for me, I was drawing a bit of a blanco. One thing I would say is I cannot stand Mahmood's era of jewellery. It's like Bobby George after an explosion in a Diamante factory. And then the other bloke is wearing a mesh vest in what I could only assume is a sort of who wore it better contest with Luca Hani. Um, and to be honest, I wouldn't mind a Eurovision ban on the mesh vest. Alex, you're, you're our official Italian correspondent. Um, is this more up your Italian plaza? Yeah, do you know what? I think actually sometimes you get the songs from hosts which are, you know, we don't want to win and host this again kind of songs. But I think this is a rare occasion where a, a host and reigning champion have done quite well. I, I can see this again being definitely left-hand side of the board. I could see it being top 10 quite easily. I could see this even nudging top five. I see at the moment it's currently second favourite and I and I can see why. There is there is a lot that is going well for this song um, and I think if they nail the staging, what that means I don't know because we've seen before sometimes when it's a duet, minimal staging works well sometimes we've seen minimal staging when it's a duet just look really plain and boring if they nail the staging and really sort of sell the story and sincerity of this sort of forbidden love story they've got uh, I think I think it could work um, but then at the same time I can also see them both and especially Mahmood missing the high note and it being a little bit Austria in uh, in Israel calling and it, it you know Mahmoud has got range but but I can also see on the night him missing a couple you know it's a long old week and when it comes to the Saturday evening show maybe his voice just gives way and it all of a sudden becomes a bit like you say gritted teeth emoji yeah I, I I certainly think it will do well I think where this could come unstuck is the fact that there are a lot of similar songs, a lot of similar sounding songs throughout Eurovision this year. Even if a lot of them don't qualify, there will still be a lot come uh, Saturday night. So I can see it getting lost in the mix, but it is the only LGBT duet uh, of the bunch. 
but then even with male voices, uh, Australia, Poland, Switzerland have all got sort of male ballads. I, I can't see it standing out on the night, but I think it's very strong. Um, right then, uh, douze poids. Anyone want to give their douze poids to Italy? Yeah, I, I'd like to give my 12 to Italy. I think, um, yeah, it was the song I had to, to go in, into a bit more depth on, but uh, it sounded to me like the only song that's a finished statement, a finished thought. It's not a finished statement, Harry. He's Italian. Uh, oh, it's a shame that you're not recording. <laughs> right. Any nil pois for Italy? No. OK. Uh, we'll move on to song number four. Now, interestingly, this is a song number four that could quite possibly have been a song number five. It's a song. It's a choice. This is Norway going up north. <laughs> Phil has clearly been, you know, he's been been to broadcast the training and has and has sort of dulled down some of the partridge, but then it's just there. Just, still we're, going, we're going up north. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> uh, this is from Norway on the fjords, if you will. <laughs> I mean, none of this is going in. Um, their act is called Subwolfer made up of DJ Astronaut Keith and Jim and this is Give That Wolf a Banana. And before that wolf eats my grandma give that wolf a banana give that wolf And before that wolf eats my grandma give that wolf a banana give that wolf Give that wolf Two minutes and three seconds for the simultaneous I'm wanking the dick that's on my head and I'm wanking the dick that's where my dick is dance move. What the fuck? Who in the choreography department was like, yeah, that'll do. Get that in. That's uh, yeah, no, no one could possibly look at that and think that's wrong or weird or a bit strange. Well, this song is almost brazenly sexual in nature and as such, it actually is quite fitting that at one point they would have a sort of air we've had air guitar now we're gonna have an air fondle mm, don't like you that word think, you think this song is overtly sexual I mean, I, 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 at times i felt like there was it was it's sort alluding of, to little red riding hood which is famously a yeah Indian allegory I, I see more sexual similarities here than i did with that bloody australian song about the vagina or whatever it was you thought it was yeah. <laughs> she had a blooming clitoris on stage mate that, that was most female performers do. Um, Simon, <laughs> your introduction here. Do you want to? Do you want to give us your introduction for this? Yeah, I would quite like to. Yeah. Do you want to introduce my introduction? He just did. Sure. He said you want to give it. That was... <laughs> Have we started? Uh, ting ting ting. Let's give that wolf the introduction. Simon Rickenback. Well, Eurovision has always been at the front of tackling prejudice. We've had lesbian weddings, drag acts with beards, even a song called No Prejudice. And now Norway are here to tackle the final frontier. Yeah, that's right. The latest round of the Woke Thunderdome asks us to have anonymous sex with a wolf. Subwoofler's effort this year addresses the last taboo with a song about bestiality. Well, I don't mind telling you, this is one podcast panel member who'll be keeping his banana to himself this May. 
I'm probably the only person that didn't listen to this and get sexual vibes. I, I mean, that dance move aside, I didn't <laughs> get sexual vibes. <laughs> My first note was that this could this could have been a sort of CBBC learn some vocabulary song, but then but then after the first chorus, I was like, no, I think this is about sex. It's giving you Norwegian wood. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Mini, what did you make of this one? Yeah, I think a bit like Alex was saying. At first, I was getting minions, and then I realised they were gimp minions. <laughs> I also got beatsiality, gi- giraffe punk. <laughs> so uh, a giraffe in the song. <laughs> yellow. That's all I was going on there. <laughs> a bit, a bit fantastic, Mister Fucks. <laughs> I know there's been speculation about whether or not. These are the guys who did that song about what did the fox say? Yeah. I neither know nor care if that's the case. I don't really know that song. I do think this is quite fun. It's, it's, it's not particularly interesting. I guess it's sparked discussion among, among us about what it means. But <laughs> I think after a few generic pop songs and Jamiroquai ripoffs, you've got to have your token, what the fuck are these people doing? number and this is a this is quite an entertaining one yeah the uh the what does the fox say song is uh by uh, a pair of brothers called yilvis like elvis but with a y at the start uh and they are norwegian which has um obviously uh fueled the animal themed conspiracy theory if you will so yes they are they are certainly contenders to be behind the masks um i'm amazed we got this far without anyone referencing uh the mask singer vibes that this one brings uh yes harry did you have anything on this one i've got written down are they even singing because like the mask singer i guess there is no way of knowing it could just be that the dj is pressing a button right i mean eurovision rules would would forbid that they do but have how to, would they know they do have to sing live but is someone has, monitoring the channels it has been speculated that uh the dj might be part of the singing rather than just sort of djing it's clearly a sort of threesome sexual situation la, la. The, the songwriters are listed as keith jim and dj astronaut mm. so uh it's a it's a, a three-way ensemble steady on i mean none of this is going to get in um so were the men behind the mask to be yilvis uh there's still someone else behind the astronaut suit as we're discussing their potential identities that the there are there are two schools of thought effectively there is the uh, the Yilvis school of thought, as many has alluded to. There is a second school of thought that these are two previously separate uh, Norwegian entertainers, Gaut Ormsen and Ben Adams. Uh, ben Adams, you may have heard of, is actually British and was in the pop band A1, um, famed for their cover of Take On Me, uh, Same Old Brand New You. He also appeared in a series of Celebrity Big Brother, if that's your sort of bag. Um, DJ Astronaut. Uh, again, there's a there's a few thoughts, a few Norwegian DJs. I would probably pin my uh, tail to the mast of uh, Joust, who was the uh, composer of their 2018 effort uh, and has competed in uh, Melody Grand Prix 
subsequently to that as well. I, th I suspect in the grand final they will reveal themselves. Of course, there could be absolutely nobody that no one's ever heard of or met before. But they did have a they didn't have to qualify at Melody Grand Prix. They got a free pass to the final. So the suspicion is that they are at least someone that would be known outside of their masks. I, d I would sort of low-key love it if it was like the Masked Singer and it was like, you know, Michael Owen and Alan Johnson. Just like... Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and... Tor Andre <laughs> Maybe it's the Italian group, Banana Skin. It's good to be back. <laughs> I think, uh, just to reflect from the, the sort of sexuality for a moment, I think the, I think the song is, is actually about COVID, isn't it? It's like the banana's the vaccine and... <laughs> you are kidding me. Yeah, this yeah. this song not, is a Rorschach test, isn't it? Before you eat your grandma, you, yeah. you've got to give her the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the wolf represents coronavirus, the banana is the vaccine, and you're stopping it from eating your grandma. What is going on with this song? I'm with Harry. This is a, a, a Rorschach test of a, of a song. I don't think it's sexual. I don't think it's about the vaccine. I, I just think it's about Little Red Riding Hood, for fuck's sake. Which is sexual. Fine. <laughs> well, let's go on to do's and nils then. Um, anyone want to give this their do's point? Yeah, Phil, I do. Um, I really enjoyed it. As Minnie said, it was it's it's pretty fun of, of the sort of more zany, quirky, kind of quintessentially Eurovision uh, bonkers songs. This is one that actually sort of held my engagement as as our uh, four podcast listeners know, I'm not normally one that goes for the uh, for the bonkers songs. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this. And I think after what was quite a high caliber 2021, where I don't really recall there being any jokey songs in the grand final, I, I think this was a quite refreshing sort of welcome back to what Eurovision can be. And hence, it's going to get my dues. I'm also giving this my dues. I think it puts the ass in potassium. <laughs> Given some of the accusations labelled at this song, such as bestiality, sexual nature, allegory for vaccination, I'm suspecting that there must be some, some nil poise out there as well. I'm surprised there were two do's poise, given the discussions we had, but any nil poise for this? No. OK, so Simon, you said this song was about bestiality, but it's still not your least favourite song of the night. I, I, I did. I said it was about coronavirus. I mean, I started by saying it was about bestiality, but that's that was clearly a gag. Um, oh, clearly. Well, Simon, they're coming out neutral on bestiality. <laughs> In which case, we'll move on to this episode's song number five, uh, the infamous song number five. And this one comes from Serbia. Now, I can't recall any Serbian songs that we have uh, previously covered on the podcast. So this might be a, a Serbian first. Uh, this song is from Constructor and her song Incorporo Sano. That's enough of that one. Uh, Mini, talk us through this one. 
Thank you, Phil. A Serbian Vulcan extols the fringe benefits of working behind the makeup counter of boots while waiting to be waterboarded by musically discerning members of the Orthodox Church. Uh, in true Eastern European Eurovision style, this song would be bang up to date exactly two years ago as she's banging on about hand washing and Meghan Markle like they're going out of fashion, which, to be fair, they are. <laughs> yeah, this song, I can definitely see the COVID connotations. I think that's obvious as opposed to uh, Subwilfer's effort. Um, Simon, you like hand washing. Yeah, I certainly washed my hands of this number. I, I, when I fir it first came up, I thought there was a mistake in the playlist. <laughs> I thought Phil had accidentally shoved in some early access preview of a scene where we meet the new villain in the Serbian version of Doctor Who the musical, chanting ominously about how Meghan Markle doesn't wash her hands after going to the toilet or something. It's an episode that rather implied to me that Serbia don't fancy hosting the Eurovision Song Contest anytime soon. Harry. Well, they had a healthy amount of spleen talk. That's for starters. <laughs> Good amount of spleen talk. Um, it was too low energy, and particularly the lady who sings. I assume that's Constractor. Me too, yeah. Um, unless it's a group somehow. But she should have stood up at some point, right? Um, it feels like she's maybe got a broken leg or something, and she wasn't like um, larger than life enough to carry off the weirdness. Like a Lady Gaga type, you know, if somebody had broken out into something a bit more energetic partway through, it could have it could have worked really well, but it maybe didn't. She, maybe she was waiting for a key change to stand up, but that would have to involve a key. <laughs> Actually, I, I feel like I should have given this nil, but I think it's weird enough that I want to encourage it. It's it's certainly weird. I will give you that one. Um, Alex, did you have any thoughts in, in Corporal Sanal? Well, yeah, I was kind of watching this like, OK, is this what kind of post-COVID satire will look like? And then I was like, oh, no, actually, maybe is she like, is this is this is this a COVID denier from Serbia? And is that what we're watching here? Um, and so I checked, you know, is, is she a, a denier of COVID and the benefits of the vaccine? And I've found the song's critical reception here on Wikipedia. And it seems a lot of people like it. Well, certainly the people who've written this section of Wikipedia screams powerful social political messages on so many levels, wonderfully entertaining, humorous and camp, a guilty pleasure, an exact example of how pop has to be thought out, that it is not idiotic degradation, but intelligence and originality above all. And I'm kind of like, have I just missed the point of this song? Have I missed something? Am I out of touch? Probably. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe that she's a COVID denier and anti-vaxxer, but that was certainly a thought that crossed my mind. Um, I think it's a sort of political messaging about valuing mental health above image and that kind of thing and, and how the world sees you and making sure that you are happy, uh, which is good. At the moment, I think it's just, it's for me, it feels this is non-qualifier as it stands. However, I caveat that, and it's a big caveat, because I can see this song getting a cult following, much like Ukraine did last year, and it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds to the point where, again, it wouldn't surprise me if this was top 10. At the moment, it's non-qualifier, but as we get closer and closer and closer to the big Saturday, who knows? This could have, this could have shot, in fact, get your bets in now. 
I tend to agree with Alex that this is a, a boom or bust entry. In the exact opposite of Alex's uh, catchphrase, it is not middle of the pack. <laughs> it will it will either drop like a stone or it will gain a cult following and do really, really well. Uh, so I agree to that extent. I, I also had the same questions as to whether it was COVID denying. I, I don't think it's COVID denying. I think it might be sort of anti-lockdown to an extent because it is sort of saying, I, I think my, my translation of the lyrics in the end, what's the point in all the lockdowns if it's ruined everyone's mental health for the sake of their physical health is sort of what I think they're getting at and that that's sort of backed up by the sort of constant hand washing in the in the performance. It's but, a bit of a Piers Morgan fever dream quality with the Meghan Markle obsession as well. Yeah I, I mean I, I, I say I, I think I know what the message of the song is but there is most of the verses are just inconsequential ramblings like <laughs> I, I i can only assume that what they are going for is the fuck is this as a message from some of the verses that how what's the secret of Meghan markle's lovely hair i've got a spleen my split spleen 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 like it, it surely <laughs> it's not meant to mean anything in that sense it's a super bizarre song. I quite like the moments where the sort of backing singers are sort of more churchy when they participate and it's sort of in Latin. And I, th I think that's got sort of Vatican vibes. That's not really a phrase. <laughs> well, they're, they're singing in Latin. I'm sure there's some symbolism to the fact that they're singing in Latin in places. I, I feel like I've heard the phrase in corporal sano before, but I don't know. That actually... is in healthy body nice um right uh okay uh douze points i don't think we've got any douze points left uh nil points we've certainly got a couple of those left yes please phil i'd like to give this my nil point i'm no fan of this it's not well sung enough to get jury votes it's not interesting enough to get televotes so i don't think it will do well i also just i think it was unmemorable actually despite being weird and strange i just don't think I'll remember how it goes next year when the when you know we come to you know oh, I'll stick on the Eurovision playlist from last year this will come up and I'll just won't I'll be like oh which country was this and what were they doing I don't think it'll make it out the semi-final I just think it's all round not going to do that well it's I don't know it just felt a bit manufactured and a bit boring Alex I believe we're still waiting on your nil point as well yeah, this gets my nil point in my analysis, you'll remember that I said, I, I, as it stands, non-qualifier, but it could grow. So as it stands, this is my nil point, but give it a few weeks and maybe this that zero will be a 12. For now, it's a zero, but watch this space. I believe anyone didn't, didn't listen to that Serbian entry and immediately think this is... This is the absolute worst thing that I've ever heard. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. That was one of the songs that is in this lineup for us to not like yeah <laughs> but i didn't i didn't put it in thinking this is going to be a unanimous nil point okay so we've sort of got a split here we had um 12s for ukraine and norway and italy and uh, nil points for austria and serbia so that's sort of three songs that we think will do well and two songs that we that we don't 
as I said at the start of the podcast, I do think that across these two episodes, we will have covered the winner. I think we're talking about all the songs that could possibly end up challenging. Next time, we have a vegetable loving and a witch's coven. So until next time, it's uh, goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Oh, it's not telling me that we were recording. used to live quite near in MS and we used to get yellow stickered stuff all the time. Ye- yellow stickered hot cross buns. There's always yellow stickered hot cross buns because I think they overproduce. It's not them. really a hot cross bun. And there was a little bit of hot cross bun. There is like a sort of, you know, you sort of slice and butter. Especially goes in the oven.